0: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refunds. Subscription auto-renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? (laughs) Yep, It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. The Great Cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough,
1: mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. a Great Cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself
2: as possible, at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15-year-olds, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, champ. champ.
0: Oh, no, you call me
2: champ! Yeah, yeah! Yeah! Welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast on Fox Sports. The first test has been and gone. We're going to be speaking about everything that happened to the Gabba. And wow, there's a lot of things that happened to the Gabba. Australia obviously won by 10 wickets, but that's only half the story because the Bairstow-Bancroft headbutt. The Moeen ali line situation, even though he was fucking out, we're going to be looking forward to Adelaide. Will McPherson is on the line from the Times. What's happening with Ben Stokes? He's come down under, but he's in New Zealand. It's not really down under, is it? Injuries to Anderson, injuries to Ali. Uh, Jake Ball, is he going to play ever again? Chris Rogers, a very special guest. Chris Rogers joins us. Hashtag AskTGC. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry and Dave Edwards join me. Welcome, lads. How did you enjoy the first Test match?
1: Oh, very much so. He goes. Uh, welcome and, and thanks for that intro as well. Mm. Uh, I was giddy. I was giddy on Monday morning walking into the office mm. uh, here in the UK. Uh, I have to admit, more giddy than a thirty-two-year-old should be, and that's mm. a thirty-two-year-old millennial for the person who debated me. That on Twitter, but um, I digress (laughs) because there are so many storylines out of this test, aren't there? He goes, Mm. uh, We we have to be really careful not to dive into it too much. A huge Mm. result for Australia. Mm. Everyone Mm. agreed how Mm. important the opening exchanges would be. Australia by 10 wickets. Obviously, it was a bit closer than that, which gives England some heart. Can I just say, in like, just for some historical reference, the selections we have to confess were perfect. The, uh, mm-hmm. There was fewer there was about the selections, but they were perfect. Were they not?
3: They were very good, Pez. Uh, and it's good to be with you boys today for the podcast. Um, look, they got it right, didn't they? We hate to say that, but they got them right. And that being Martian and Bancroft. Um, we'll get to Bancroft in a moment because, wow, what an introduction to Test cricket and the public uh, sphere in general. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Australia won by 10 wickets. I've always said that Australia will win this series 6-0. Um, and I know that it's five-test <laughs> series, but now I reckon it could be 8-0. I don't care if there's only five tests. This this has the potential to get really ugly really quickly.
2: Absolutely, Dave, I completely agree. Um, I just thought it was wonderful, um, just from my own perspective, just to have the cricket back on, and it just really reminded me of the great thing about Test cricket, especially, but also just any form of cricket, except for really the big bashes, that you can just sort of float in and out of the room. It can cricket just it can just be mm-hmm. on, and you can sort of just enjoy it in that respect. Um, mm. But uh, I, I was just so disappointed with how that test match finished. Obviously, like I want I want my team to win, but more so I just want a really good series. And I just think it's fucked now. Like England <laughs> were winning that game for three days. They were winning for three days, and looked it looked like a brilliant Test match. Mm. And they, like Australia was struggling, Sean Marsh batted well, and Steve Smith was obviously the difference between the two sides. But like it was, it looked so good, and then it just, uh, and then we won by ten wickets, and it's fucked, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Thanks for playing me in like a good
1: rhythm guitarist uh, on a bad Skype connection. It's funny you say that actually because I get the sense from you guys that like, and this is probably the vibe in Australia. um, Not it's not the case in London. I think I mean there's there's like this silent resignation. I feel, uh, in England about this series. But there is also hope for a couple of reasons. Firstly, mm-hmm. Adelaide, you know, England could not ask for a better next Test match in terms of the conditions they're going to get in Adelaide. Day-night Test, grassy mm. wickets, sideways movement, a bit of swing, mm. Broaden and Anderson. Uh, they also mm. are very much excited about Stokes coming back into the fold. We'll ask Will McPherson about that later. I wanted to ask you guys a question, though, There was a a fair bit of consternation for the first three days of Mm. the Test match, Uh, you know, in Australian terms. You could, you know, before Steve Smith's majestic dad border-like runs, dad, (laughs) everything was amazing. I can't stop saying dad um, with the way he scored that 100. You could almost see an alternative future, like Mm. a parallel universe where Australia could have been in a major crisis if he hadn't Mm. done it. And all of the usual reflexes and excuses started to come out. We started to think about particularly why Kevin Mitchell Jr. had created this, like, ride-oval third-grade wicket, which was low and slow and did nothing to, like, (laughs) advance any of our strengths as a team. And, uh, you know, so the question I put to you is, is a slow Mm. wicket a bad wicket, or was this slow food kind of test cricket at two and a half and over a good thing?
3: Look, I mean, I think we just were expecting fireworks from the get-go, weren't we? The Gabba, Green Mm. Top, Mm -hmm. Kevin Mitchell's last... Mm -hmm. Uh, test match at the Gabba, what's he going to do? Of course, he's going to give us what we want. Give us what we want. Mm. We want fast Mm. balls. We want bouncers, Mm. people ducking, people in trouble, Englishmen (laughs) in trouble. Um, And as we look ahead to Adelaide, you know, that's going to present challenges as well. And I actually saw in the headlines today, Darren Lehman's warned England to expect more bouncers Um, In Adelaide, and I think this is just going to be a running theme at every ground. More bounces at Adelaide, more at the Wacker or wherever they play these days in Western Australia. Um, Adelaide was the quickest wicket in Australia last year. I found out today, shocked me, but um, apparently Adelaide (laughs) is the new Wacker. So I just don't know what's going on with Australian pitches anymore. But but Pez, as you say, the first three days we were just waiting for something to happen, and
2: thankfully it did. But um, yeah, need need more bounces at heads. I think. I think we'll. I think we will eventually get to Adelaide, but um, just the. Th- I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about you know a swinging ball, Broad Anderson. Like Cummins Stark is also a fair trade off for the Australian side, um, but let's 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 stay on Brisbane for the moment. And um, it was a weird wicket. I think yeah. I, I mean, Richard Hines was obviously very pleased on Twitter with how slow the batting was, how slow the wicket was. It did look good for three days, then it quickened up a bit, and there's a capitulation. I wasn't that pleased with. Let's talk about though the Moeen Alley dismissal chaps, and that a lot of controversy, mm, yeah. and I really love this. Why? Because it was fucking out. It was just out. <laughs> his foot was on the line. It's just out. Like there, there wasn't like any controversy. Yeah. There was, it, there was no part of his boot behind the line. And then there was like talk about how mm. oh, the the thickness of the no 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 thickness <laughs> of the line issues. Yeah. His foot was on the fucking line. It was out, mate.
3: You are yeah. livid about this.
1: I know something about the start of this uh, test series has really brought mm. out the. Uh, <laughs> the wildness in you here, he goes. It's about four swear words in the first 10 minutes. Swear word in the intro as well. I've, that's, yeah. He goes, he's riding every ball in the court and he's, he's Warner's best mate.
2: Uh,
1: I mean, I think there was, there was right to be a question over it, you know, mm. with Mo and Ali. I mean, it was just hard to tell, wasn't it? And I think he came out and said, yeah, if I was a bowler, I would have thought it was out too. But I don't think it was like... Yeah, it was just out. What's the problem?
3: I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest shock for me though with this first test was fig- finding out that they're using the zing bales, the the electronic <laughs> yeah. LED zing yeah. bales. Yeah. Like I didn't actually yeah. think that, and I thought that mm. the ashes, you know, history, <laughs> sacrilege, might have been immune from that kind of T twenty rubbish. To me, it's untraditional to have Zing bales in the ashes. Mm. Um, mm. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. Mm. I mean, I, I think I was reading about it a while ago. It's a great story about an Adelaide startup, Zing International, hitting the big time and, and credit to the guys there for winning that business for the ashes. But I'm just a bit scared that the Zing bales technology is the start of, like, what's next? You know, electronic bales now. Like, I'm worried about T20 mm. mission creep is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, we we talked off air about how we were going to try and find a unique angle on any of the storylines that have just yeah. been absolutely thrashed yeah. after this uh, test. You know, unfortunately, our podcast comes out on a Thursday. So the test has been sort of run and won and every single person under their son has had oh, their yeah. say. But I don't think anyone has given credit to the startup, <laughs> the Adelaide startup company that did uh, Zing bales. I feel like with this test match, boys, that mm. we were so worried at the start because... We had all this pre-match hype box stuff around how alpha we were going to be. It was just going to be a barrage of bouncers, body line two point you mm-hmm. know, trio of fast bowlers. England mm-hmm. would be scared. We want to cause them trouble. <laughs> They're meek and genteel. All the old stereotypes were there. <laughs> then we just saw this two and a half and over snail. <laughs> Uh, snail-like pace Where England Was mm. dismissing Our batsmen With well thought Out cunning plans yeah. And it started To get a little bit Scary But eventually The Alphardom <laughs> Took over Didn't it There was Zing Bales There was a bloke Proposing to his uh, You know Fiancé now wife In the Gabba pool In oh, budgie yeah. smugglers Like the yeah. The Australian Stereotype Eventually took over And then uh, You know <laughs> oh, yeah. they, We eventually Got bouncers And broad out Hooking And, Mate, and It always does and, You know yeah.
3: Nice guys Finish last
1: It arm wrestled its way to Australian alpha-dom, And Mm. it couldn't have been capped off any better Than the way Cameron Bancroft described the Johnny Bairstow situation Can Mm. we please talk about that a little bit Because I'm not sure there's been a story Like more in our wheelhouse than what has happened with Bairstow I mean this is like This is grade A alpha playbook from Australia Uh, I don't even know where to start with this I I was again so giddy on Monday morning he goes talking to Mm. you about this laughing Mm -hmm. so much he he has tried either socially awkwardly or in an alpha style to alpha the debutante who wasn't a debutante yet he's held on to the story for four weeks clearly walked into the Australian dressing room Bancroft told them and they have held on to it I just feel like I've seen this story play out in grade cricket so many times, mm. and they've waited for the perfect moment for the debutant mm. to come in yeah. and absolutely like annihilate and humiliate <laughs> this player. Like Bester looked like he had bags under his eyes, uh, <laughs> and, and like He's and can I just say one thing. Like I have <sighs> never seen a guy like like Steve Smith or any captain, any any leader in sport corpse. Yes the way Steve Smith corpsed Mm. in that press conference. (laughs) And I just felt like there was something really meta about it going on. Like it was not just surface level laughing. Like He was in disbelief that he was watching this debutante just deadpan humiliate a socially awkward guy. Like Mm. this this debutante alpha flipped Bairstow and Mm -hmm. has branded him a rare unit. For life, no <laughs> like, like coming just, back from it. It's life. It, like, he, like, I've never seen anything more savage. Nah. I know Fox Sports like to say savage, possibly savage too much if caps. you're listening, Fox Sports. But mm. like that, that was savagery of um, branding <laughs> someone a rare unit on a world stage by a debutant. I like. I, I, mm. I have. I have to hand it to Bancroft.
3: I mean, he, he's now just imprinted himself as the alpha dog and, and a, the youngest alpha dog that I can remember in the Australian team. I can't, just can't remember anyone making such an impact on debut. And you say great cricket, at the great cricket level, at any cricket level. And I'm not talking about his performance at all, which was good. He hit some runs and, and did some good stuff. But just everything else, he took balls to the face, balls to the box. He courted mm. controversy, gave a funny... Press conference, obviously Cricket Australia will immediately send him to some kind of accelerated media training to to rid him of his personality. (laughs) Um, But is he the larrikin (laughs) Australia needs right now? I mean, Warner and Steve Smith are very corporate. Usman Kwaj is quite cool and trendy. Uh, Paceman are all quite similar. They even look kind of similar. Um, And I guess Nathan Lyons having to take up the larrikin mantle a little bit at the moment. But maybe Bancroft is kind of the classic throwback that we
2: need maybe so i wonder uh, i wonder if if the reaction of steve smith sam i'll ask you this specifically uh if if the, his reaction was just the culmination of plans coming together, because this happened like a month before the test match, and Bancroft wasn't necessarily in the frame, and and and, and we sort of wrote about this on our article with with Fox Sports this week, and that the unfolding from Bearstow's perspective when he mm. the initial headbutt happened, when he leaned in with his head that night and collected with Cameron Bancroft's head, he was just headbutting a bloke who plays a bit of shield. But mm, he would yeah. have seen it all just unfold. Now all of a sudden, now now, now uh, um, Matt Renshaw is out of favour. Now he's out of favour. Now there's now they're looking they're looking for a new opening bat. Then Bancroft goes and scores runs against the Australian team slash New South Wales bowling attack, and then he scores a double hundred. And, and, and then <laughs> the world just crumbling down. He sees that he sees the team picked. Fuck! I, I, I headbutted head that bloke in a bar, and he looked at me weirdly, and he thought that was he offered me back. And they're, they're going to say something. Did Did, did so tell anyone about this? Did so <laughs> tell Joe like, lads? I've got I've got an issue here because something happened. You, you guys might not have seen this, but like something oh. happened in the bar that night, and then he's just worlds just crumbled, and then it's all come down, come crashing down the third in, third innings of that Test match.
3: Yeah, I mean you're right. Like if 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 Bancroft wasn't playing in the Ashes, would we have ever have heard of this story? Probably not. I mean, how many other headbutts no. have there been on tour? Do we only hear the ones that involve Test cricketers? Like, how many civilians have been headbutted and bashed by English cricketers? Oh,
1: I'm shaking my head like copiously here because, like, we still don't know what happened. I cannot <laughs> conceive of mm. what this thing was that Bastro was doing. And the,
0: there's the, no grainy the CCTV footage either. Yeah, like, there's no CCTV, and footage. this is. You know, it.
1: Dave, you were, you were kind of coming at it from like a marketing corporate comms angle as well. Like I do think England <laughs> missed a trick by trying to kind of spin their way out of it by saying, mm. look, their heads met, their heads clashed. There was mm. head contact, mm. but mm-hmm. uh, there was no malice in it. I think we've made it clear. Let's move on. No, no. We need an actual reenactment of it, preferably with yes. Besto. I feel mm. like part of me feels so... I feel sorry for him because his own press are now starting to explain his actions as someone who's socially awkward and someone kind of invoked Alan Partridge as a uh, as someone to kind of understand like who he, he wanted he wants to be a bloke but he's not and like in Australia I mean that is just like money for old jam and I think that you know to answer your question he goes of which there were, I think there was sixty in there like I think that's why Steve Smith was laughing because like this was it's, the hmm. perfect storm of an alpha flip and yeah. nobody does that better than australia and like you can feel the english press seethe about this because they're the ones who are meant to be clever and they fall in like prey to this this old australian trope of just trying to make someone seem weird in cricket and it's it's <laughs> yeah. lowbrow and it's like it works though it's it's bad but it works and they've done it like hook line and sinker it's uh mm. like look the only from a corporate comms point of view What Bairstow needs to do is this, if you're listening, Johnny. A, come on the show
0: and explain yourself. Um, Please,
1: please, let's start that campaign. Genuinely, give him a voice. But also, Mm. B, there was a scene with, like, Wayne Rooney a couple of years ago, if if people who follow Premier League remember this. He got done for, like, he got... There was some expose about him boxing midweek and hitting somebody and there was this huge furor about his aggression and his drinking or whatever he went out on saturday scored a goal and then threw a couple of punches and fell over as part Mm. of his celebration and the humor of it just killed it Bearstone needs a hundred and after he scores at hundred he needs to um shadow Mm. headbutt someone or just headbutt someone like his teammate (laughs) or bancroft and it'll be over yeah. He kill it. He kill oh, it. Has to meet yeah, it with that... humor,
3: doesn't he? There's no other exactly. way to get out of this. The only way he's going to kill. Otherwise, no he...
1: otherwise he will hear about it for the rest of his life.
2: Oh, Pez, that's really good. Also, what a great Ashes moment that'd be, you know? Like, what a yeah. brilliant story that'd be, like, full circle. Like, we, we often yeah. speak about narratives in Ash's series, but that'd just be the greatest one. Also, it means that uh, an Englishman scored runs, in which case they might be, doing, might be doing well in the series. So that's really ultimately what we want. Um, do you guys want to speculate about what I was doing? Was he just flogged? Uh,
1: yeah, I... Um, do you want yeah, to speculate? Yeah, I want to speculate. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Why not? Why <laughs> not? Because it could be inaccurate or wrong, I I, I I go with the partridge explanation. Like he's trying to be cool, um, but he's not cool, and he's sort of thought that it was cool to like semi headbutt someone to say hello. He wanted mm. to semi show dominance, and mm. um, and basically this debutante, this young guy, has just been miffed by it mm. and has completely flipped it on him. Yeah. Mm.
3: So mm. It, I heard that it was like a rugby thing. I I, don't, I played a bit of rugby. I don't remember. And in England, I played a bit of rugby there as well. I never came across this. um,
1: I can't let it go. Can't let it go until we see what he meant. Can't let it it go. Is
2: is the big thing that he didn't take into account that apparently Bancroft's got the biggest head in the WA side, which, meaning that he's got a bigger head than Mitchell Marsh, is astounding?
1: Wasn't it just comic genius from Bancroft? Like, that's what I want to say about him. Perfect, Pez. You know, we haven't really. You know, there's a lot of. Former and current Australian cricketers who fancy themselves as comics. Mm. Uh, I don't think I've seen anyone with the delivery of Bancroft ever. Uh, Mate, like, Rodney like Hogg's alright. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, Hoggy. <laughs> Can't wait to have you on. Don't yeah. forget Hoggy. Like But his um I think Will McPherson actually might have something to say about this because he was at he was at the press conference. But um you could tell by Bancroft's delivery and the fact that like Smith was absolutely corpsing, losing it at the mm. interview and Bancroft was just sti- like staring straight ahead mm. dead eyed delivering his stuff and you know the number one rule of comedy Saturday Night Live whatever is just d- like don't laugh at
2: your that own breaks. jokes alright Will McPherson's going to come up next and he's going to be telling us all about Adelaide
0: Here in Life Matters, it's Amanda Smith with you, along with Ian Higgins and Dave Edwards, two of the three people, along with Sam Perry, behind The Grade Cricketer. It started as a persona on Twitter that uh, was wildly popular. So the three of them wrote the novel The Grade Cricketer and now a second novel out just in time for the cricket season, this one called Tea and No Sympathy.
4: And what is uh, getting champed?
0: Can you explain (laughs) that? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, I don't think that I had ever really come across the term like being referred to as champ mm. um, until grade cricket. And I was telling this story the other day, actually, and it was like it was I, it was my first game of grade cricket and I got dismissed LBW by a 53-year-old bank manager who gave me a send-off. <laughs> haven't and thought about it since. Haven't thought about it since. It was only 14 years ago. And then someone ran past me and said, yeah, Packham champ. And I hadn't heard that, but now it's funny because it's now so deeply into the lexicon that I'm 99% convinced that my barista <laughs> thinks that that's my actual name. <laughs> you know when you go and get a coffee, Amanda, and they say, uh, they might not say it, not say it you, say it's like every guy. I've ever seen, though. Just, like, um, have a good day, champ. Here's here's your weak skim latte,
0: champ.
1: (laughs) Lads, we've got Will McPherson on the line. Will's joined the show before. He's writing for The Times in England, hoping to get the UK view from him. Uh, Will, welcome back to The Great Cricketer, mate. How did you find Brisbane? It was great,
5: thank you. Yeah, I actually spent nearly... two. Three weeks in in uh, in queensland all in so uh, I feel like i 've eaten enough steak to last a lifetime
1: <laughs> yeah i, was, I wasn 't too convinced by you saying it was great thanks um, pro- you know, probably because of <laughs> England 's loss, but I know you 're a lot more objective than that uh, you know can you give us the England view following the ten week defeat i mean what, what's what 's the sense in the press pack from you guys what 's the sense in the england side I mean there seems to be a question between, you know, whether they're remaining positive because they um, almost outplayed Australia for the first three days. They certainly outthought Australia, Australia. Um, but then, obviously, that was backed by a reasonably heavy defeat in the end and the ring of best, though.
5: <laughs> yeah, it was a funny few days. I mean, England go one nil down at the Gabba and the press pack immediately turned, mm. you know, thoughts turned to one word, you know, whitewash, get very nervous about that. Um, but I think in the camp, things are a bit more optimistic, actually. They, um, they're trying to take much more from those first three days than they are from the last four sessions of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I mean, a 10-wicket defeat to 10-wicket defeat, however well you fought for the first three days and how, however many plans they tried, they couldn't get Smith out. Uh, and that is, that's a massive mm. problem. You can't, you're not gonna, they're not going to win many series if they can't work, or, work out a way to get the opposition's number four out. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're quite optimistic. They, they, I think they are relieved that this game coming up in Adelaide this weekend is a day-nighter because they think they see that as a bit more of a leveller, even though Australia have got a great record in these games and all that. I think they do think their bowlers should come into a little bit more. So, I mean, it's more optimistic than it might be. It's certainly more optimistic than it was in 2013-14.
3: Yeah, good stuff, mate. I, look, it's a bit of a distraction, I would have thought, the whole Stokes thing. And I personally just cannot keep up with the news cycle at the moment. Like, people are saying yeah. he's he – I mean, the other day, for example, he was on his way to Australia and then he was on his way to New Zealand and then he was seen in his full England kit at the airport. Someone says something on Twitter. Someone's photographed doing something controversial. Spirals into six Brett Jeeves think pieces on Fox Sports. I just can't <laughs> keep up personally. But also, you yeah, have it was a like – of... Go on, mate. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Oh, I was, I was just going to say, like Stokes. Summarise where England are at right now in regards to that. I mean, I understand he might not play, uh, perhaps until the third test, perhaps not at all. But just where are you getting any kind of a uh, what's the what's the rumour mill doing at the moment where you are?
5: Well, basically, England England's stance is quite it's fairly firm for now in in the. They're waiting for Somerset and Avon police, a police force that none of us cared about a few months ago and are now the most important things in our lives. But they are, we're waiting for them to make a decision on whether they're gonna charge Stokes. It's expected that they're gonna make that decision very soon, at which while they haven't been making a decision, life's been quite easy for the ECB because they've just been able to sit back and go, oh yeah, but you know, they haven't, char- they haven't made a decision on charging them, so how can we do anything? And that's a pretty reasonable standpoint. The problem is, they're going to make that decision very soon. Um, uh, perhaps today in the UK. So, the, the time we're talking is Wednesday evening, Australia time. So, maybe Wednesday in the UK today. They might make that decision then, make it public. And then the ECB has something to decide. They've allowed him to go to New Zealand, where he uh, obviously has family. And uh, what initially was, we were told, was a. Um, a family trip, you know, a bit of golf, he's saying, he's, he's practicing his golf swing, that kind of stuff, <laughs> has now turned into him being given a no-objection certificate to play abroad, which is basically the thing all overseas, all players need to play overseas. So he's got one and it looks like he's signing to play for, Can- for Canterbury, who mm-hmm. have a game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So he could, he could be playing cricket as soon as Sunday. And in fact, I expect him to be playing cricket on Sunday. But, uh, he's still banned by England um, I think my impression is that there's been a softening of the stance in recent days yeah now why that would be uh, who knows but uh, that is the impression I get that they are more open to him coming to play in Perth say yeah or or Melbourne it may be too late by then but Perth say than mm. they were a week ago and, and mm. possibly because they're one nil down possibly because they're a bit peeved I don't know but yeah. um yeah, it wouldn't. It, it, I I didn't think it
1: was possible a week ago, and now I do think it is. Possible. Really, I mean, mate, like, hasn't it been reasonably understood without being officially confirmed that Stokes would play in Perth? Now I, you just can't answer that. I understand, but um, it seems like awfully convenient to me that we did think he was going to play in Perth. He's now flown over to New Zealand to get a bit of match practice. Um, you know, it maybe stands to reason. I mean, the great question with all of this has been, what has taken the police so long? I know there's been something said about a new witness coming forward, etc. But like, it just, you know, with a conspiracy hat on, it sounds to me like the, the timing of the police no charge call um, coming in the next few days is actually perfect for England because if they would announced it earlier that there was no charge against him, he would have opened himself up and England cricket up to sort of two or three weeks of moral posturing from Australia, if they just announce it quickly, Mm. he's already in New Zealand and he can just fly over in readiness immediately for the next test. It actually works perfectly. So I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to take that uh, there's been this recent softening. I mean, surely he's just always been ready to go and everyone um, has been supportive of that.
5: Well, the word is... I don't think the ECB have been that supportive of it, to be honest, but the word is that he... um he's been sort of banging his head against the wall particularly since the test started like he really struggled being sat at home watching the test he was apparently living his life on brisbane time um, <laughs> last week watch watching every single minute he's been doing some naughty he's been he, he's been instagramming his naughty boy nets and things like that he's absolutely driving himself bananas mm. um not being able to play so which is i think is why he's moved so fast on the uh to get over get himself over to christchurch it was all really quick i think he basically his people spoke to the ecb on friday about the possibility of a um no objection certificate to play abroad mm-hmm. but they didn't quite appreciate that he might want one by monday um, to go, like, to actually be getting on a plane. And there he was. It's all been, the timing is all, you mentioned timing. I mean, the timing of the whole thing has been remarkable. So yes. The Sun released the video of um, him, or allegedly of him uh, throwing a few, you know, swinging from the hip on a night out the day that England squad got announced. Um, the Sun then found the two crucial witnesses and published the interview with them the day that England arrived in Australia. Mm. Um, it's all been it's, it's all just been like haunt, it's, it's so, it's so well timed the whole thing so this maybe this is just the latest case you know we're just two weeks out from a test that everyone expected sort of was jokingly saying he would play and now here he is in the right hemisphere ready to go yeah. having had a bit of cricket England also have a, a two day warm up match in Perth um, at Richardson Park in South Perth which we went to before they have that between the second and third test and there's just some, you know, the conspiracy theorists are saying I'm pretty certain he'll play in that, um, which would be an absolute circus if he did. It would be very funny.
1: Yeah, I think I think funny is the word at this point. I mean, I think to fly over to New Zealand and then not play would be more remarkable than him um, playing at all. But I, I, I think he will. Can we just talk about the cricket that actually was played, though, quickly, Will? Um, I just want to talk about two England players, uh, Wokes and Jake Ball. Uh, you know, yeah, b- b- ball especially looked like a, um, you know, not not at the level. Mm-hmm. I understand works might have a little bit more to offer, particularly in Adelaide. Um, but you know, from a an ignorant Australian standpoint, they looked like the sort of bowlers that come over here to Australia, and while they might do well at first class cricket, are um, not at the level. I mean, is that just classic Australian complacency?
5: Um, yeah, I think I think England actually got things wrong picking Ball. Mm. So he um, he has had an injury; he's been out um, for the for a couple of weeks leading into the test. And, and this bloke Craig Overton, who I'm not at all biased over because he's a Times columnist, but he <laughs> um, he did well in the warm up. So at least he was very solid. And I think they should have picked him because they knew he was fit. Uh, and Ball just looked—you know—Ball was bowling a bad ball and over. And the, England's whole strategy is uh, getting wickets through dry-up runs, it's like they did in 2010, you know, mm. being really tight. And Broad and Anson were brilliant at that. Wokes didn't get... In, well, he only got one wicket in the game, but he uh, at least was pretty tight. I think he was going under two and a half, whereas Paul just couldn't keep things tight. Um, so he mm. is a worry. I would be personally surprised if he plays in Adelaide this weekend. Um, and then Wokes, yeah, Wokes... I mean, Wokes had a poor test match the problem with Wokes is that he um, he's sort of England's safest pair of hands but he's probably about half the cricketer he is overseas mm. uh, than in English conditions both with bat and ball you know so he's got nine first class tons um, at, at county level but uh, overseas he doesn't look as, anywhere near as good a batsman. as his bowling is a bit um, with the our ball particularly a bit gun barrel straight so he's he's a slight worry um, but I, I I think he'll be fine actually I think he'll do well in Adelaide
1: and and just and just finally mates um you're at the famous press conference with cam Bancroft and Steve Smith I understand you know what was that like you know can you give I mean that, that just seemed like the most extraordinary thing in uh, comedic terms when it comes to Australian sport uh, which is traditionally thinks it's very funny but it's actually not it's actually seemed to be very very funny I mean what what was that like to be at <laughs>
5: Well, we we can't believe our luck because, and I can't wait for next Monday because uh, what You know, Monday last week, Nathan Lyon came out all guns blazing, telling us how he's going to end careers. Um, mm. Matt fry was a coward. All the rest, mm. uh, and that was that was brilliant. And then this Monday, we got the Cam Bancroft show, which was absolutely hilarious. I mean, it was slightly, it went, it was it was a it was a bit of a PR disaster for England. Um, they put Johnny Besto up and he didn't uh, he, he spoke but didn't answer any questions and didn't actually say whether his head had made contact with Bankers <laughs> and then sure. um, Bayliss Bayliss was you know he's many things but he's not uh, he, 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 he's not sort of a, a statesman or a diplomat um, and he, um, he he struggled with the, the questions he was asked him. and then Joe Root brilliantly this, this was possibly my favourite moment of the whole thing Joe Root having just watched the other two fumble through their bits, Joe Root got on stage and said, well, you know, they've told you exactly what happened, so I don't think I need to answer any questions on it. If it they'd done many things, but they certainly hadn't told us what had happened. Um, and then so it was left to Bancroft to um, deliver his assessment of what happened. Um, and to be honest, it, t- from my point of view, it's a bit of a relief. Because it meant that uh, <laughs> it meant the best I hadn't, you know, given him the full Glasgow kiss, but uh-huh. um, it, it it was very, very funny. It was it was it was one of the great hours actually. After after watching England bowl for about seventy minutes on the final morning um, mm. without even so much as a half chance to watch them, the, the next seventy minutes were some of the greatest of my life. So that was quite good fun.
3: And we'll just finally, it's been a huge week for England and by that I'm referring to Prince Harry's engagement to Suits mm. actress Meghan Markle. Mm. Um, what's the general mm. feeling among Brits regarding this union? Positive, largely?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of gingers on the, uh, on the agenda, aren't there? A lot of on a gingers on the news. It's a natural segue from such, Besto,
3: well. yeah.
5: <laughs> Stokesy, Besto and Prince Harry. Um, yeah, I mean, he's another one who's punching, isn't he?
1: <laughs> oh I got it well done well done
3: mm, that uh, one's been doing the rounds i bet yeah among english types
5: uh, i don't know actually i think i that was i I think i'm going to take credit for point it but i imagine someone else said it no uh, happy, happy, happy with with someone else said it. It.
1: um Great. will thanks for joining us again and providing the uk view uh, i try and do it from here but i'm clearly uh, overwhelmingly biased and um Uh, have a chip on my shoulder as a colonial so it's really good to have you on uh, and um, all the best for Adelaide, hope you enjoy it mate and uh, we'll we'll touch base with you soon
5: My pleasure, speak soon guys
2: The great cricketer and no sympathy. Uh, put together by Dave Edwards, Sam Perry, Ian Higgins. One of the most important things about any form of cricket is lying. You know, you have to lie about your batting average. You have to lie about your runs you scored in the weekends. Yeah. You have to lie if you drop that catch if it bounces in front of you, does that carry. Yeah, definitely, definitely carry. Yeah. Definitely yeah. It's a centerpiece of cricket. And you yeah. have to lie to your wife. You know, if yeah. there's a bit of drizzle around and the game's been called off on a Friday night, <laughs> you still pack your kit and you go to the game on <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning because you're going straight yeah. to the circuit with the boys.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's
3: dog eat dog. Yeah, it's oh, Darwinism. Oh, Great yeah. cricket is. Great cricket, basically survival of yeah. fittest. Yeah. Well, well, the great experienced club veterans don't exist in great cricket anymore. they Club gone. veterans, no, twenty-three don't. years old, yeah. second year <laughs> university, <laughs> still <laughs>
4: trying to work out their
2: basketball Yeah, arts yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 fighting your sexuality.
3: So, <laughs> just just in a line or two, uh, what great cricket's all about. It's about being very aware that it's just a feudal system. First graders are the top of the land, you know, the kings and the barons of the world. Oh. Peasants are in fifth grade and everyone else is just trying to stay relevant.
2: <laughs> oh, outstanding. <laughs> I love
1: it. Okay, boys, uh, the next guest is going to be familiar to many of our listeners. He's been on the show before. I just wanted to start with a quick story. Uh, when I picked him up in the car to speak with him last season... He looked a little bit disappointed. I wasn't sure if it was the car uh, or not. It was actually my wife's car at the time. It was Volkswagen. I thought it was pretty good. But um, he looked disappointed and I didn't know why. Two months later, we were lucky enough to have a beer with him at the SCG and he confirmed that he was simply disappointed that he was stuck with me for the interview and not the three of us. Um, because it wasn't, as, it wasn't as funny So uh, wholeheartedly offered by him um, In front of my uh, colleagues And in front of the grandstand team So you might get a sense of who this is um, But the man we have got on He, he does wear many capes uh, He was a former test opening batsman Star commentator mm-hmm. Australia A coach uh, He does really seem to love cricket um, but despite scoring something in the vicinity of 18 billion well-earned first-class runs, he was also described by Ian Healy on air, uh, on Channel 9, that is, as the player whose on-field style was completely different to his off-field brand. Um, it's our great pleasure <laughs> to welcome Chris R- Buck-Rogers <laughs> onto the great cricketer. Bucky, um, what did Ian mean by that remark? Well,
4: I have no idea. You'd have to ask him, I'd say. But um, thanks for having me I think you... He- I was disappointed there wasn't the the three of you last time, but... Are you leading me to believe now there's only two of you? As he goes, <laughs> drop down. <he's>, yeah, anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He might but, pop back on at any time, yeah. mate. Just Just be prepared for like a really incongruous question out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, this isn't a reverse <laughs> alpha, Buck. Um. It's just really bad Skype connections. Yeah, just the internet, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've gone behind the fourth wall there. Can we, I mean, before we get into just the um, quid pro quo about you on the circuit, Buck, Um. you actually are like a, a wonderful cricket analyst, I will say. So can we talk a bit about... The cricket has just been. Uh, ultimately, Australia has recorded a convincing win. Um, but I wanted to get your views on just how far ahead or not they are. I mean, from a personal view, I thought a couple of the batsmen were dismissed with well-thought-out plans from England. You're thinking about Kowaja and, and Hanscom there. I thought Stark was um, was so-so you know, with, with the new ball. Um, are Australia as far ahead as our media are leading us to now believe? Uh, or is it a bit closer?
4: Uh, well, I think the worrying sign for England is they they held their own for three days, but you know, once Australia kind of put the pressure on, they just completely fell away. So mm-hmm. I kind of think Australia will, will be pretty confident, and yeah, I, I feel that they are a long way ahead. I was I was probably before the series thinking it was going to be a, a close one, maybe a, a, a three-two to to Australia, but then you listen to Ricky Ponting and say it was going to be a four-nil, so that made me automatically. Question myself, but um, yeah, from what I've seen, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say Ricky's wrong by any stretch of the imagination. Do you
3: think there's any questions that remain with regards to the Australia top order? Though, I mean, I, I say that off the back of like a 180 run unbeaten partnership to secure a ten wicket victory, but I do think, I mean, personally, and I'm no cricket analyst, but there was that kind of, you know, sense of foreboding in on the in the first couple of days that it could all just fall apart at any any moment that kind of collapse, you know, triggering memories of Hobart last season. Are there any questions still with regards to the top order?
4: Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, there's going to be harder challenges for um, Cam Bancroft than, than the second innings he had. Um, but it, he looked like he could play. That was that was excellent, his, his innings. Um, I, I feel the way he plays, it might, it might find it harder in Adelaide where the ball will swing both ways a bit more. Um England look like they have a bit of a plan for him already, and then and then uh, Usman Khawaja, well, the the issue with him, the ongoing issue with spin, um, that kind of remains uh, to be seen how how he's going to counter that. Uh, and, and Pete Hanscom, I, I think, um, needs to be aware of exactly what the plan is. England going to do? They're going to they're going to bowl back of a length and then try and fire one full. So he knows. I think I spoke to him about it. I don't know about you boys, but every now and again you don't you don't strap that back pad on tight enough, and you just clip that back pad and uh, <laughs> and uh, then you get a often. straight one. So that was his, his excuse to me. I quite liked it. See, <laughs> he say
1: he got out because he didn't strap his pads properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's his excuse, but yeah, yeah um,
4: no, he, he, there was some um, some good bowling there by England, but they just fell away, and then that that second innings when they needed to. To really, you know, give something, particularly at the start, they looked like they had about three or four overs in them, and, and then they were done. So that that's a bit worrying for them.
1: I, I know mm. what you mean there, Buck. There was this sense that England kind of overachieved for the first three days. They played out of their skin. Every plan worked for them. Um, you know, a lot of their guys that were expected not to score runs actually stood up. Um, although they probably needed one person to go on with it. And even with that scenario where everyone seemed to be playing well, uh, they still found themselves slightly behind. And that must have been uh, a little bit demoralising for them, that when they're at their best, it's still a massive arm wrestle. And then as soon as mm. they drop off, they, uh, as you said, capitulated. Yeah, I think they'll, I mean, they'll. the one
4: uh, thing for them is that they've got Joe Root, who you would expect to probably go and get a big score sooner rather than later. Alastair Cook gave nothing in the first test. They're, they're the two big players. I have a feeling they'll change the batting line-up as well. I think Johnny Best though, needs to go up the order. I'd put him as high as five because I think he's their second best best batsman. So there's still there's still some hope for them, um, and particularly in this Test match. And the other thing is that you know that I still don't understand why they they picked Jake Boy. Yeah, and bowled a ball in a, in a competitive match and since he rolled his ankle um, a couple of weeks before, so he was he was off the pace. So. I reckon they'll probably have a a bit better balanced side the second test.
1: Uh, just just keeping it nerdy and on the cricket before we talk about circuit. Um, I just <laughs> wanted a question about uh, Alastair Cook. Just from your personal perspective, um, it's silly to even ask you to suggest that he's lost something. Uh, he's thirty two. He's fit. He's one of England's greatest ever batsmen. But I just wondered whether, from a personal perspective, you know whether he's you know does the mindset change as you get a little bit older as an opener you know when you kind of nick off at the start of the series or you're imprecise with a hook shot you know a couple of minutes before stumps you know you may have been in a similar situation Uh, you know what what I know you can't read his mind and say what's going through it but I mean is it worth asking a question there about how he how he responds from that should we be worried about him uh, I, I think there'll be a few concerns about him, uh, only because um,
4: he's played 140 test matches. It's so hard to comprehend. You know, I, mm. I I played nowhere near that amount, and by the kind of end of m- m- my steam, so I was pretty exhausted, you know. So if you actually look at a lot of guys who play um, a lot of tests, they tend to retire early just because it wears you down. And I wonder if it, if, if just having to fight every innings he goes out is just, um, getting a little bit tough because he's that kind of player. It's not like he goes out and he, mm. he, he middles them from ball one and he does it easily. He's got to he's got to fight as hard as he can every innings. And sometimes when you get to the back end of your career, that that gets harder and harder. So that would be my only concern. I mean, he's, he's still a champion. You know, he's one of the, the statistically the best ever opening batsman. You can't write him off. And um and, and for the series and for him, too, it'd be great to see him come back and and you know play have a good second test, but also for the rest of the series.
2: Chris, can you can you tell us about when you were playing um, the meetings before the game for the Australian team? I'm just in relation to obviously Cameron Bancroft and the whole sledging headbutt thing. Like, did you guys have meetings about how you were going to sledge certain players? Like, basically, what I'm asking is, did the Australians he- hold on to this information about the headbutt for like three, three and a half, four days before they were going to unleash it on Johnny Best? So, is, like, is that a thing that would have happened?
4: Um, my guess is Davey wanted had just forgotten the first innings, but there you go. Um, he <laughs> just, just
3: blurted it.
4: <laughs> but um, I don't know, to be honest. I I find it hard to kind of understand why they did it in the second innings and not the first innings. Um, but, <laughs> mm. you know, every, every, they've all got their own yeah their, their motivations. I, I think they probably would have talked about it. I mean, that, if they felt that that was something they could use, um, then, you know, then they're <laughs> going to go for it. I mean, it's pretty ruthless in in that um, I- environment. You, you do want to alpha the, the other blokes. Um, but, yeah, I don't Confirmed. know. Confirmed. Um, yeah, it was i oh, – I'm sure Davy would have absolutely loved it. He would have had a very short memory. Um, can't remember back to England in 2013, but even better.
1: Can, can, I, can I just confirm with you, Bucky, because we've been discussing how, you know, what Bancroft and the Australian guys did was just from the absolute textbook of the, you know, Australian alpha playbook. Mm-hmm. Surely, you know, when it comes to alpha ring, there's nothing worse than being branded a, a weird bloke, which is essentially what they're doing to so They're essentially humiliating yep. him globally for being strange. Uh, is that the correct read, <laughs> Mate, it probably comes with being ginger. I, I go to it quite <laughs> a lot. But oh, yeah. um, so <laughs> for him. Um, um, um,
4: <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, I reckon he's, Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one now for him. How how's he, he react? Oh, I know, Johnny, he's, he's a pretty laid back guy. It didn't surprise me when I found out that that's the kind of greeting he gives every now and again. He's a bit different. Um, he's a bit out there. So, <laughs> you know, um, a bit
1: different yeah. is pos- surely the worst thing you could be calling Australian exactly cricket different. Different. Yeah, well, being a synonym for rare. You yeah.
4: And you don't want to be different in that environment, do you? No. You get found out no.
1: Sadly, conformity is crucial. Sadly, yeah. sadly. All right, let's so, go yeah. into let's go into throwdowns. Back uh, away from the cricket talk. Well, I suppose it's a nice segue because we're talking about all things social. Um, as you know, we told you told you this off air, and we'll tell the listeners now. No, bo- quite often we try and get some anonymous contributors to these segments. Um, we've had it You know, we get the opportunity to speak <laughs> with players, past and present, who know the guest. And I don't think we've ever had more contributors um, when it can came I just, to you. Can I
4: just interrupt? Yes. <laughs> um, I actually started an ex-Fran Cricket Club WhatsApp group, so I've already been bombarded with certain things they're going to be asked by the way, so I uh, okay. can't wait for this. Um, I actually
3: I'll, don't think we can ask 99% of the things we were told about you, yeah. so just, just don't, <laughs> yeah. don't be too worried because yeah. some of these things just aren't going to get through. <laughs> uh, I, I, all right, I
1: can, here we go. All right. Uh, this, I think there's a couple of soft ones here, Buck. Um, mm. I've been instructed by a former team out of yours, and I don't know what this means, okay? So you're going to have to help me out. Um, I've been instructed to ask you about when you first came to the Vicks and the team, including you, was in Maloolabar in Queensland's Sunshine Coast. Um, is, is this ringing any bells just yet? Yes, okay. yes.
4: My okay. first time with the, the, the Vic boys, it was different.
1: Okay. I was
4: different. There you go.
1: There There you go. go. Different again. Well, okay, okay. We don't want to step in yet. This is a quote, right, and I don't really know what this means, but it says, he was being a hermit and the boys kept wanting him to come out, but he stayed on his computer, and this is kind of where I don't get it, and says, so some cricket kit might have jumped out the window. Um, Can you explain that?
4: Um, Yeah, we're on the second floor. I was rooming with... um, Brad Hodge and Andrew McDonald, but it was a so it was a three people apartment, but two bedrooms. Um, and Hodgie and and Mac are very close, so they decided to take the room together, which surprised me because I was you know the junior member of the side, um, so I got my own room. And every time like I came out, they were gone, so I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of you know sat around doing nothing for the first few days. Um, I just think they, they, I thought they didn't like me. So, you know, I was feeling, you know, a little bit, um, out of the group. Uh, and then it wasn't until uh, I did actually message Mac and he said, come along and it was fine after that. But yeah, they threw some of my kit out of the, the second uh, story. <laughs> and they thought that was pretty funny.
3: Cricketers. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, yeah, and that's definitely insane. Dave Husty, but you know, yeah. Anyway, uh, no, inc- that's actually that's incorrect. It's incorrect, genuinely. Was it? Yep. All right.
3: Buck, I'm um I'm informed that you once bought a sports car, um only to realise you couldn't fit your cricket kit in it. Is there any truth to <laughs> <for> this? <laughs> um yes,
4: I I had a I, I had a BMW sports car, um and then yeah found out my 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 cricket bag my coffin wouldn't wouldn't finish fit in the boot. so I had to put it in my passenger seat but I'll never, never forget I, <laughs> I didn't have a sponsor at one stage so I had to use Bass um, you know, the vampire kit that mm, yeah,
0: they yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they gave me the yeah.
4: pad that they said Sachin Tendulkar used to wear and those really, really light ones oh, but yeah. they were two straps huh. um, and I'll never forget Hodgie, uh, we were playing Victoria and Hodgie was there and, and Warren was playing as well and Hodgie just said Mate, how can you drive a sports car but wear those pads? And that—that was, that was his pledge to me at the time. It probably doesn't sound that funny, but uh, but it was um it was pretty humorous. And he was he was putting me back in my box.
1: That's for sure. Did you make two hundred and fifty? Because you normally did that.
4: Uh, no, it was two hundred and seventy, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, all right, Bucky, uh, in your book, Bucking the Trends, you spoke about an incident which occurred in Sydney where a senior Western Australia player you were playing with said, <laughs> don't you ever fucking stand next to me in a pub again. Uh, would you have preferred that, that player headbutted you? <laughs> um,
4: we practically did, didn't he? But there you go. I, yeah, I, I, I emotionally. I was going back to my hotel room, yeah, so... No, that was that. Uh, that was a long time ago. I was, I was, I was a pretty cheeky young um, ginger kid, uh, and mm. there were there were some you know there were proper heroes back in that side. There were legends of the game. There was you know there was there was Gilchrist and and Langer and Martin and Julian and and all these kind of hussy, Ryan Campbell, all these kind of guys. So um, yeah, I, I was probably should have just kept my mouth shut. I think at that time, <laughs> and then got that sledge... At the uh, the Coogee
1: Hotel, that's right. I'll never forget that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, just another anonymous source, Bucky, and you would never, genuinely wouldn't forget this, and I can call you Bucky, I presume. Um, it's kind of vague. So according to this source, you were once dismissed in a WA second 11 match, whereupon you got to the change room, took off your gear, and retired to the bar for a beer. Um. Yeah. I, I know that's kind of. I mean, I don't know if you can. Like, probably a long time ago. Is, is is this source well off?
4: Um. Well, seen as you, blokes have swore that that's absolute bullshit. But where you got that from? Yeah. <know>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who, who told you that one? Can't give you that's sources. That's Okay. Way. Okay. Okay. There you go. Bucky, I was never that uh, bad.
3: Just uh, just to move to your broadcasting career for a moment. Um, Triple M has launched a rival coverage for the summer. Do you refuse to work for them because your repeated mentions of your 173 at Lords would breach their no-repeat-workday policy?
4: <laughs> in fact, I have, I have 76 stories, as I like to tell people, but um, you can work that one out yourself. Um, but, yeah, I, you've got to get that story in as much as possible. you are going to a 100 at Lords. Oh, Classic. Don't do that too often, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, finish, I don't get the triple M. I'm definitely not cool enough. Mm. So <laughs> you've got to be, you got to be someone special to get
2: there. Yeah, Gus Warland. <laughs> um, do you want to, uh, do you want to speak? Uh, I mean, speaking of your innings at Lords, um, do you want to talk about the ball that Graham Swan got you out? Um, was that the worst ball you've ever <laughs> faced in Lords in 2013? Can you just, can you, can you talk, can you talk the listeners through that dismissal?
4: Um, I can. It, it was kind of funny because. Um Shane Watson came up to me before that test, and he said, he said Buck, he said, I'm, I'm never, ever going to use the DRS again. I keep getting it wrong. And um, I thought, smart boy. Um, anyway, I, I, um, England batted first. They got 400. And then we went out mm. to bat, Shane and I, when we were opening again. we put on about 40, I think. And then, sure enough, he got hit right in the pad. Um, big appeal, given. And uh, at Lord, he, he was out in the nursery, and so you have to walk past your partner to get into the pavilion. He's walking off, head down. And I said, what are you? You're going to review it? And he looked up and he said, nah, mate, that's plumb. I said, "No, nah, no, nah, I, I promise you, it's outside the line. He said, he's sure. And I said, I promise you, mate, I promise it's outside the line, review it. And he went, oh, okay. So he reviewed it, much to the, the laughter of yeah, all the English blokes. Sure enough, red, 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 absolutely plum. Oh, wow. light walked off, popped all sorts of abuse for it. So yeah. So then anyway, then I got the um, I got the the full toss and and it went above the sight screen. I'll always blame the fact that I'm colourblind. It's, it's the best excuse for it. But yeah, went above and and kind of got lost in the crowd and I knew it was high, so I thought I hit this for six and I swung hard at it, missed it, and it hit me flush on the box right in front. Um, <laughs> And Murray Erasmus gave me out, yes. and I walked. I walked all the way down to Uzmaquaja, and I asked him, "Mate, was, was, is it out? You know, should I review?" And I promise you, he did not say a word. He didn't shake his head. He didn't He didn't,
5: rise, he didn't do anything.
1: <laughs> no replies.
5: <laughs> so, it's not, even mate, worse. So,
4: so, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just walked off. Um, so I can't review it. But it's going to hit my box, and then it's going to hit middle halfway down, but. Sure enough, it was missing legs. So I think, I think um, Graveswad said it was the worst piece of cricket in Test history. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty proud about that one. <laughs>
1: uh, I love knowing about how those conversations take place on reviews because you're talking about players' careers uh, on the line and you just have your mates not even, not even speak a word to you. That is, uh, again, to use this Fox Sports word, savage. So I was going to say, what well, it wasn't too hard. It wasn't too hard to twist his rubber arm to, to do the review, just so you know. <laughs> but, uh, um, just on that note, then, this is a kind of selfish question and I'm not sure I might have asked you about this in Melbourne, but uh, I'm, I'm red-green colourblind as well. And I just want to know if uh, like, part of the problem with you succeeding as a colourblind player is that it eliminated an excuse for me um, to not succeed. <laughs> and I just wanted to know if, like me, you ever went into an optometrist and asked whether colourblind glasses exist uh, because that ended up being my excuse for not ever batting in the nets because I just couldn't see the red green hue.
2: <laughs>
1: no, that, that you've got to have the sight screen. You can't you can't play without
4: sight screen. So I'm not sure what uh, what level you played, um, Sam. So you know if it was um, if it was uh, in fact. Degrades um, suburban turf, and there were no no sight screens. So there you go.
1: I mean, if that was the case.
2: It <laughs> Ouch! Ouch!
1: Anything I've achieved has now been immediately uh, eliminated.
2: Uh. Once yeah. again, peri-bodied by a guest on the show. Um, Bucky, I want to ask you, um, there's actually a BBC Sport video on YouTube, which I encourage all listeners and Sundry to watch. Um, it's it's where the Australian team are celebrating in Perth after they've uh, reclaimed the Ashes in 2013. Um, Chris, <laughs> in, in that game, you took a catch, uh, a diving catch, off Tim Bresman at mid-off. It's a, it's a really good catch. Um, and then after singing the team song On the Square, you reenacted the catch with a bottle of champagne as the ball. Um, and I just want to know which catch was more important to you. And in a word, how huge was that night out in Perth?
4: Oh, thanks for this. I really appreciate it. Some of my most embarrassing moments. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I think we, that was a couple hours after the test. So you've you got to yeah. give me a, a little bit of leeway there. But oh, um,
2: yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, reenacted. That was the night we uh, we all went back to warney's uh place at Crowd Casino and I actually had a dance off with Davey Warner where I destroyed him but you know, it's not too hard. <laughs> and then um if that's what grown men do, but, but um yeah, and then yeah. that was where we went out that was when we went out that night and um wouldn't get let in the casino and Ryan Harris tweeted about it for know, he had a tweet up for about fifteen oh, yeah, minutes yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. and got himself yeah. into a lot of trouble. So that, yeah, it was a it was a pretty memorable night, that's for sure.
0: That's good.
1: How does Shane Warren not get allowed into a casino? Perhaps he didn't come out with you guys. No,
4: nah, he didn't come out. It was um, it was only the desperados who who were still there. So that was you know there was there was about was a handful of us, I, I think. So and usually I'm in that crowd, but, um, but there you go. Uh, I think um, Ryan was definitely there. Um, Brad Haddon would have been there because he's actually. I always had a competition to see if we could you know. Who would be the last man standing? And I didn't. Much.
1: He was. Uh, he had hollow legs. That that
0: guy.
1: Uh, Buck fantastic! You've uh, you've you've delivered in exactly the way that we hoped you would. Um, Chris Rogers, for everybody who's listening, uh, probably like, one of the best and most insightful commentators in the game, and uh, clearly a circuit specialist as well. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, <laughs> mate. Thanks, guys Thanks for having me.
0: play cricket for results, I don't come to take wickets, score runs or win games, I play cricket to look good. Rigs, chests, pipes, circuits, salads, this is my domain. So when I hit the sheds, I need to radiate success. That's why I use Chop King Cologne by TGC. With a blend of the finest handcrafted English willow and Kookaburra Red King leather, Chop King Cologne lets me radiate cricket. Whatever the ground, whatever the circuit. Chop King Cologne. The new fragrance for men by TGC. Reek of runs without hitting them.
2: That was the voice of Chris Rogers, friend of the show, just like everyone else. Fantastic to have Chris on. And before that, Will McPherson, just a nice, polite English chap, and he's funny as well, and we like him. Um, Just a reminder, in case uh, this is your first time ever listening to us, uh, "T and No Sympathy is out in bookstores right now. Uh, We want you to get it right now, because um, don't wait till Christmas, because last time um, we sold so many books on Christmas Eve that there were no books anymore um, and I don't want that to happen to you people because because at the end of the day the podcast people are the favourite people aren't I chaps like, we really, people we like were so people angry
3: most. at us and at our publisher for doing that so we switched <laughs> oh, publishers good. so you won't have that good problem this time
2: Hello, Dave. <laughs> so it's out in all bookstores. You can you can get it in Big W. You can get it in Dimmix. You can get it online. I don't understand the people who write to us say, "Where do you get your book?" Because the amount of time you take to write that to us, you can literally just Google where to get the book yeah. from. Yeah, it's Tino No yeah. sympathy. We highly recommend getting it before Christmas because um, we know it's, we know it's on a lot of people's uh, Christmas wish list, um, and um, you might want to do it now. So do it now. Hashtag Ice gentlemen. Favourite time of the week when we get to connect with these lovely people out there. Um, are you guys ready to go? Uh, we've got some questions lined up. Let's start with Nathan, who says, Dear TGC, interesting to see Magellan Financial Group sponsoring the group. From Benton and Hedges and VB, what does sponsorship from a medium-sized boutique funds management company say about the direction of the game and, at the same time, Australia?
3: That's a great fit, isn't it? I mean investing is kind of like gambling So it's kind of just a slightly more highbrow version Of a sports bet ad I'm genuinely interested in learning more about Magellan Though like I'm sick of getting weak returns From investing in local companies Like the mining boom is over Fucking BHP's flailing Telstra's down Give me some of that fucking
1: sweet high yield US tech stock Magellan, <laughs> if you're listening, Magellan, yeah, doesn't it just reflect the? Uh, like, uh, again, you get, you get a unique view from over here in the UK. Like a lot of my um, social media feeds, looking at friends at home, are very much about like acquiring property and uh, in, and investing in things, and generally uh, just being upwardly socially mobile. And I suppose that's what uh, Magellan offers, uh, and it speak, you know, mm. it believes that cricket fans are in that uh, realm too. Whereas 20 years ago, they just wanted to smoke Benson and Hedges and drink VB. Uh, you know, maybe we could ask James Sutherland if he'd like to come back on the show <laughs> Explain your corporate po- sponsorship policies
2: Barry McKenzie asks Great cricketer, what business does a Portuguese explorer from the 16th century have sponsoring the Ashes? Hashtag AskTGC Really the same question, but uh, makes a fair point Yeah, should have looked mm. at what Magellan did But uh, I, I think the, the joke is wrapped up in the A lot portion. of Asia A lot of Asia mm. <laughs> Shane says, hashtag ICJC. G'day, guys. I've spent my gap year, um, before commencing my studies, abroad, initially to play a season in the UK. However, 10 years of cricketing mediocrity culminated in me quitting mid-season. Instead, Mm -hmm. I've been travelling Europe, and the year has seen me significantly improve my awareness, grow as a person, and become a far more thoughtful, selfless, and well-rounded member of society. After backpacking through Europe... I took up a gig in Barcelona volunteering to give back. Mm -hmm. Having awoken one particular morning, I was instantly alarmed to see a message from a former club mate back home. However, not from one of my good mates as per usual, but from a pipeless, leverless, 26-year-old virgin that has a career batting average of five, goes at eight and over with the ball, is about as useful as one nation's election strategist in the field and has zero social capital. Having processed that a third-team AstroTurf country cricketer that is yuck personified was trying to interact with me, my eyes sharply focused on the message. Hey, champ, the greeting that pierced my eyes and molested my soul. Alfred, by a virgin, utterly fucked. My question is... Do you think he really sent me the message, or was it Russian hackers' latest attempt to peddle propaganda for an economically and socially closed world <laughs> as being championed by President Trump? Hmm. After all, the, inter- the interconnected world that has arisen courtesy of free trade and liberal economic policy has enabled me to be champed from 130 from 13,000 kilometres away. If this is not the case, I resign myself to being his submissive for the remainder of my days, <laughs> even if he does that with a $30 kookaburra he bought off eBay. Kindest regards, Shane. P.S. Love your podcast. The only reason I'm coming back to Australia is to buy your new book.
1: Well, <laughs> Shane, Good thank stuff, you very man. much. Mm. It's, a, it's a scary mm. world we live in, isn't it, when, uh, mm. particularly through this <laughs> Russian propaganda, we now have champ bots. I mean, that's what let's call them for what they are. They're champ bots. Champ yeah. bots. And, and if you do get... Yeah. I, I certainly get plenty of champ bots uh, in my text feed as well. It seems like every friend of mine wants to call me champ uh (laughs) you'd think that if you kind of started the lexicon that people wouldn't do it to you like if people understood but it feels like more people champ me uh and us than ever before i don't know where they think what what grounds they think they can do that on uh
2: Mm.
1: but nevertheless yeah champ bots well said Shannon, and an (coughs) alarming but an important message
2: dave are you getting champs more or less than when you joined tgc Probably more, but it's always Mm. –
3: everyone's aware that I know the word and the word is connotated to TGC, so it's laced with irony, yeah. But I still don't like it. Stop doing it.
2: (laughs) Aiden Beard says, G'day, fellas. I tried searching for you on Google and it's a TGC. But was surprised to find that instead of the great cricketer, search results returned the Gospel Coalition. That's just great. This organisation has a Wikipedia page and a verified yeah. Twitter account, clearly demonstrating their yeah. higher their higher status in the social hierarchy of searchable acronyms. According to their website, the Coalition, and I quote, seeks to serve the local community by providing gospel centred and Christ focused mm. content. <laughs> My question is, do you feel guilty wasting the hashtag AskTGC on mediocre cricketers whose lives are probably devoid of value at this point rather than allowing it to be used by people seeking to find meaning in their lives through a connection yep. with their Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? Hashtag AskTGC. Hashtag hypocrisy. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Another, another
2: brilliant question
1: from uh, Aiden mm. Beard. Uh, what can I, I mean, the first thing I would say is that religion has always had really good SEO. Uh, Searching for optimization. (laughs) You've always said that. You've always said that, Sam. You you know, I've always said that on the show. I've always said it in private. I do feel like you could literally flip the words like Jesus and Christ and and searching for meaning with, you know, grade cricket and the thing would Mm. still. The, the question would still work. So, you know, again, we've gone mm. back to the is grad cricket bigger than Jesus question before. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's not really for me to answer. It's not for me to answer. It's for the, for nah, the listeners just, to answer. You're just putting
3: it out there. I actually yeah. recently bought a house, as you boys know. I'm still getting harassed by so many real estate agencies, including one called TGC Commercial, that's still sending me property alerts. Like every day I get open my inbox and I get a property alert from TGC Commercial. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. to unsubscribe yeah. and it's spamming my inbox massively.
1: You just think we've started like an umbrella company without talking to <laughs> yeah, you as well. Yeah. TGC Commercial. Oh, what's this, boys? Yeah. yeah. I, it's a oh, I don't know about script. you as well. It's like, you know, that phenomenon of buying a new car and then seeing a lot of other people with that same car as yours. Uh, like mm-hmm. I feel like that would be... Mm-hmm companies that have the word alpha in them.
2: Yeah. I just feel like there's so many companies and entities and organisations so that just call on the term alpha. Well, if the listeners do want to know um, how the book sales are going, Dave has just bought a house in Sydney. Melissa Smith yeah. writes in and says, I'm just sending you a message as I'm really interested in buying this page from you. I can pay you according to its worth. You'll be paid complete upfront through PayPal, Western Union or Money Bank Transfer. <clears throat> if you'd like to discuss it further, please just send me your reply and we'll see what we can work out. If this sounds like something good for you, please add me as a friend, waiting for your kind response. Um, mm. Pez, are we going to sell the page? Well, this is why we thought
1: we'd ask TGC uh, because we want yes. some buy-in from the listeners as to whether we should do this. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we originally said yes. We'd say, we said maybe about 4000 US dollars yeah um yeah. but we're currently still kind yeah. of arm wrestling it with Melissa. I just wanted okay. to point out that we probably get yeah. a request every week from um yeah. very russian sounding uh, accounts to yeah <laughs> to sell the page. the only condition is we have to give them the admin of the page first before yeah. they transfer us the funds so uh, we yeah, thought we'd we shopping us I
3: think um the mm. fact that we have to hand over the admin because you never know what's going to happen from there, and it doesn't sound like it's a You know a very um, trustworthy company or organisation that we're dealing with. With Melissa Smith, Melissa's actually spelled wrong. There's no I in it, Um, so Mm. I'm not sure if I I trust Melissa. It's been enjoyable Mm. stringing her along for about a month or so. (laughs) Uh,
2: Actually, listens to this podcast, no doubt. Um, Sam Johns says, in the first over of the test, Mark Taylor twice referred to Matt Renshaw as Mark Renshaw. was this an honest mistake, evidence of his obvious incompetence as a commentator, or a clear ploy from a once-great cricketer to alpha one of the up-and-coming stars of the game while he still has the chance? The False. latter. The latter, mm. easily. A oh, mm-hmm. clear ploy to alpha. Yeah. Clear right. ploy. Uh, Josh Button writes, uh, Great cricketer, how will the midnight curfew affect England's test circuit? Terribly. Obviously. Tremendously, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Tremendous, Tremendously so. It's, it's shocking, and, and they've only got best though, to blame. Tough to do a circuit uh, at, that ends at
3: 12. Like I don't know if you can even call it a circuit if it has to wrap up by 12. Hmm.
2: Well, or you, or you could just live in Sydney because that's what happens now. Um, Matt Nichols says, great cricketer. As he has terrible batting shapes, do Steve Smith's test runs actually count? <laughs> or is it a case that by batting like, like a park cricketer and still being a gun, is he offering the rest of world cricket? Look, I don't think they should not
3: count, but I definitely think that some runs are worth more than others. Like, for example, watching yeah, Mark War yeah. just hit 10 elegant runs was to me mm. like, it was like drinking a fine scotch. Like, you savor <laughs> every little sip. Like you, you have it in an oversized glass, neat, obviously. Yeah. Like, it's almost pornographic. Yeah. Like, you really enjoy yeah. it. Whereas watching Steve yeah. War hit a double ton in Jamaica, you know, is a mm. less sensory experience. Like, I'm not watching mm. that on YouTube at 3 a.m. I'm watching Mark Moore mm. hit ten. Mm.
1: Mm. It's like drinking your first beer the next day after having had forty the night before. Just it's just razor blades, Steve. Nails. Four innings. I, I I think with Steve Smith, like I, mm. there's be, again from the UK view as they clutch at uh, any anything to have you know one up over us in in the realms of cleverness and intellect. I've heard a lot of people say that while he's great and all, uh, he's very inelegant and he doesn't look very good scoring runs. And I guess you would say that. Um, If you did want to be a pessimist about Steve Smith, and I will be um, for the purposes Mm. of the show, you -hmm. know how every Australian captain or even captain from any side gets into the Mm. twilight of their career when the eyes go. Uh, And I mean, it even (laughs) happened to Mark War. Um, but I, I mean, I, th- I think yeah. particularly, yeah, Steve Ward was just letting balls hit him. Mark Taylor mm. just couldn't hit the ball. Um, even mm. Ricky Ponting, you know, was falling over with like a bowling to him. That was a good ball, actually, mm. from Callis, to be fair. But like, <laughs> I hold grave fears for what Steve Smith will look like when he's kind of oh, 34, yeah. 35, Oh, so you're looking ahead that far, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a shocking thing to say because he is at the mm. absolute peak of his powers. He's scoring dad runs. He's like my favourite player. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I mm. think he's fucking fantastic, but I do mm. hold fears for what <laughs> shapes he will be pulling at 34, 35 trying to play. It will go, and it will go quickly yep, and, yeah. and horribly. Mm.
3: <laughs> Unlike a Federer who's having like the longest twilight um, of any sportsman ever, <laughs> just because he's just exactly. so
2: beautiful and clean to watch, like a ballerina who plays yeah. sport. All right, just a quick one here. Dave will ask you this one. It's from Tom Hartney, uh, hashtag ICGC. Bowling the ball into the keeper rather than throwing it. Thoughts, village or retro?
3: <laughs> oh, well, it's, uh, it's retro. I used to do it ironically. But when I, I was predominantly fielding in the ring, though, you know, great mix, often in a cordon. So yeah. I was never really yeah. far away enough to have to bowl it in from the boundary. Would look funny yeah. if I'd bowled it in from second slip. So, um, but I used to do it a few times, ironically. Courtney Walsh. It did Courtney it a lot. Walsh
2: should do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he did. He did. Um, Andrew Wind says, "Great cricketer." As all cricketers get a nickname from their mates at the club, Pez, Higos, Nugsy, etc. What's Dave done wrong? <laughs> I don't know what I've done. Pretty sure I was Edos in season one.
3: Um, can you lose a nickname? In a few weeks, you'll be calling me Mr. David Edwards,
1: just increasingly formal. <laughs> I, can, I can shed some light on this. Um, Go on. We do know the person who's written in the question, and you have Alfred mm, him by calling talking. him Andrew Wind. It's Andrew Wind, but um, that's fine. Uh, windy. <clears throat> I'm happy with anymore. that. It's not. Old Windy, yeah. But um, mm. we all play at the same club together, and Dave did have a nickname, <laughs> and I think what Andrew's getting <laughs> at is that Andrew actually um, ascribes a nickname to Dave. It was, mm. it was cliche, but it was Danger uh so yeah. again asking the listeners should if we if you want to make this sort of pez he goes in danger um please let us know maybe we could run a poll yeah. on it or something, something like well. that i don't know yeah, i mean like it comes Hidos, it's, it's weird because
3: as i said Fuck i'm pretty Hidos. sure i was Edos in season one because he goes we went to school together and that was my school nickname and that's what my real mates call me so yeah dave is fine for <laughs> you chaps
1: <laughs> what do you mean season one it sounds like a tv series yeah, I'm trying to make this cricket, into yeah. like
2: a Netflix-style situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the voice of Mr. David Edwards there. Uh, last question. Uh, Nuno Van Dam <laughs> <Long laughs> Dam. Damn, damn. Uh, it's a long one, but stick with us. Uh, often the best one at, for last. Um, Shire slash village slash... Uh, sorry, I'll start that again. Shire slash village v. grade debate. Dear TGC, when I first started reading your book, then tweets, then podcast religiously, I felt an instant kinship. The morally bankrupt club characters you never uh, never see between May to October, perfectly encapsulating the futility of the most time-consuming sport that is no limit for the lowest bar of fitness actually required, all couched within the mental confines of an uber-alpha, meaningless sledgefest of one-upmanship. Your pros spoke to me. But come this year's podcast and the revelation of your elitist views re re-grade v-park-yuck cricket, I felt the unnecessary sting of champdom from people I'd considered comrades. In your eyes, I guess I'm a park cricketer, suburban, turf, WA slash as opposed to WACA. However, I'm actually talented enough to have played every grade, including first grade, through sheer force of the unbridled heat I throw down. Hence why I still feel the kinship slash recognition factor of the power structure of clubs and inadequacies of the Aussie male you so artfully portray. You want to know what a park cricketer really thinks of a grade cricketer slash first grader? Here it is. No matter how many wickets you take, how long you spend working pipes slash rigs, how many extra throwdowns slash slip machines you muster, how much social capital you earn buttering up those past prime back, backdoor power brokers who somehow only ever appear at six fifty eight p.m. selection night with a team list handwritten in beer and tears? You think you're better than me, mate? <laughs> I dry heave after a four over spell. Li- likely was on the circuit from Friday night and only stopped because it's midday Saturday and non sponsored beers aren't allowed at the ground. Have become genuine mates with some of the oddest legends from all walks of life to ever walk the planet. Yet I'm one times five wicket haul away from replacing your soulless stock market corporate host body. And we're both just as close to representing Australia, champ. Enjoy your upstairs, pop collared, elitist Union New South Wales gay bar boys. PS oh, I'm a white collar lawyer slash <laughs> genuine all rounder cricketer slash bloke with twenty plus years of one club cricket behind him and they called him best evers. PS I was I too was enthralled by the last dad slash son final story. But how the fuck did a bloke dad who presumably played zero cricket that year even qualify for a grand final, let alone just walk into the squad? Sounds fucking village slash made up to me. Fuck oh, Brilliant. me. Brilliant. She's all over yeah. the shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's kind of familiar in the sense that, like, in many ways Nuno wants to, uh, mm. like, level with us and be friends, but then it just kind of alarmingly snaps into uh, some aggressive behaviour a la Bob <laughs> Catter's comments recently. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, I really do – like, I identify what Nuno's saying that he's essentially saying that we're no better than Shire's cricketers. And mm. – What it reminds me of is like Dave, you remember this? Like at at university, there was a subject called Israel, Palestine, and the Arab states, and what you learnt was, you know, particularly with Gaza. And I'm sorry if I'm being loose with this. Like everyone really is the same and wants peace. But if you're from a particular tribe, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. It's a too hard basket. I will always be a great cricketer. And so long as I'm a great cricketer, I'll always think as his village. And Nuno, when you say you th- you throw down heat, that just gives you away. No one throws down anything unless you're getting throwdowns. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, you are a as cricketer. <laughs> Thank you for your wonderful pros. Maybe in another life we'll, uh, we'll mm. be the same. Maybe our similarities are better than our differences. But you're a as cricketer and you'll always stay that way.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Shelbyville versus Springfield, basically.
2: <laughs> Another show in the books. Will McPherson, Chris Rogers. A wonderful, wonderful show. If you want to join us on social media, if you already, if you don't already, I'd be surprised, but do join us on Instagram, our, our latest platform, at The Grade Cricketer. Um, if you want to get in contact with us from a media perspective, or if you want us to speak at your event, to host your event, to emcee your event, or to provide entertainment, um, the email is greatcricketer at gmail.com um, I'm going to be at Chatswood Oval this weekend uh, commentating and on a PA uh, for Gordon's T20 day North Sydney and Uni New South Wales and Gordon all playing on the same day and it's Chatswood Oval this Sunday if you want to come down I'll sign any book it doesn't even need to be Teen No Sympathy I'll sign the Bible whatever you want I'll sign anything so come down thanks to producer Toby Shane he does the ads Adrian Long for the music and our wonderful publisher Alan and Adelaide next stop see you next week